Hey, Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with my good pal, David Hay. David, it's great to, uh, to have you on my screen right now. <laughs> it's great to see you looking as wonderful as ever. You know, hearing the sad news that you've been in hospital a couple of weeks back, but you look back and better than ever. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so grateful. You know what? It's, it's crazy because that experience has literally changed me coming out of it only because, number one, I, I never really, I guess you could say I took for granted just being able to have people around you. So it's, yeah. it's, it's insane, like, looking back and thinking about how terrible it was to go through all of that and have no help whatsoever just because of the circumstances. No one could be around someone who's sick at the moment. So in isolation. isolation. He was yeah. in isolation, so you couldn't see anyone. He was like in your own little bed with your <laughs> curtain. And, um. Yeah. So it was it was a, a hell of an experience. But 20 days later, I, or after 20 days of being sick, I am finally better. So I'm very happy. <laughs> what was what was it? What was it that you you had? What was the? What was um, the, the doctor said because I I. I I got admitted into the hospital 11 days after being sick. So at this point, I had uh, early stages of pneumonia, an infection in my lungs, and uh, just, you know, the whole, the whole thing, the whole shebang. So I tested negative for the virus, but the doctor did say to me, because you came in on day 11. It might have been out of your system. That, uh, you might have been out of your system maybe. already. Was it the antibody test I did as well? Or was it just the positive or negative? Just the positive or negative. So here, yeah. now that I'm back in the States, I do plan to take the antibody test. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if I did, because he did say, yeah. you know. A bit cronerish. With a cronerish vibe you had about you. <laughs> it was just like, you know, you had all of a sudden that your blood work came back irregular. It just seems like I wouldn't put it past the idea that maybe you did. But I'm going to roll with the fact that I didn't because the test said negative, so I'm not going to sit here and... So the good news is you're probably susceptible to getting it again. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to have had it. Yeah. So I know I'm not going to get it again. Yeah. But I'm, hearing, but I'm hearing people are getting it twice now. I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen doctors on television saying, like, there's no actual, like, I guess apparently that's happening in China. There's no, there's no cases out here that someone's caught it twice. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, hopefully that's not the case. And hopefully, you know, I, I would have liked to have thought that maybe I did have it. That way I don't put my parents in any danger. Yeah, cool. Because um, cool. I'm the one going out doing the shopping and whatnot. So, but anyways, you know what? Thank you, number one, for you and your team for checking up on me because that really meant a lot to me. No in the hospital, getting messages from you guys, um, sending prayers my way. So, thank you for that. But, um, David, I'm curious. Captain Haymaker, huh? <laughs> yeah, Captain Haymaker, my new, uh, my new nickname. It was, uh, what did you think? Did you watch the documentary? Yes, I did. Now, I have several questions because... Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I thought it was interesting because you could see your transition throughout the documentary of, you know, one minute you're yawning and you, you could see just how uninterested you were from the start. And maybe not, you know what, maybe not uninterested, but it just didn't capture your attention the way maybe 
something physical like boxing does, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're not really understanding something, it, it, it can come off like you're bored, but you're just yeah. not grabbing I, it. I, I was bored, just in case anyone listens to this thinking, what the hell are you talking about? I did, there's a documentary called David and Goliath, which is yeah. out now on Amazon Prime. Tune in, it's a fun documentary of me learning from a complete novice poker player. I've never, didn't know the rules to going into the biggest poker tournaments all over the world. And uh, what, what, what Michelle's saying is, when I first started learning how to play, it was very difficult and I wasn't that interested. And the, the way I was learning wasn't quite uh, gripping me. And I had to find a way to learn to play poker, the haymaker, boy, <laughs> the captain haymaker, which um, was going all over to the, the Philippines. When you look back on the documentary, right? When you rewatched it, did you have a good laugh? Because I imagined you laughing when yeah. you saw the, the coaches were quite frustrated with you. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did. It was quite, it was quite funny. The fact that, you know, they were lovely. The coaches were nice. They're, all they wanted to do is try and get, they were trying to get their knowledge into my head and they just didn't know how to do it. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not teachers. They're poker players. They're poker professionals. They're Grosvenor poker professionals. So they play poker. They play poker for years and years and years. They've won millions and millions. And they're trying to teach someone who's an ex-boxer how to play poker. And they just wasn't, they, they were just trying to sit me down in a classroom, trying to say, this means this, trying to give me books to read. I'm like, oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. That's not how I, that's not how I do things. But so I kind of put, even said that, oddly even said that you're, you're not necessarily someone who can just like sit in a class and like learn from a book. You have to sort of be, taught you have to you're like the hands-on experience type of exactly. guy exactly i need to feel it i need to touch it taste it i need to get get my personality out you know you i need to feel the vibe i need to get it wrong i need to get it wrong multiple times to realize how to get it right you need to go through the wrong doors until you go through the right door and you think okay that's the right door i'm gonna keep going through this one and that's how we kind of did it so i called audley harrison a good friend of mine former former foe and now family um lives in is in la also and he he taught me poker the way it could comfortably, comfortably, comfortably be digested. And his idea was, let's get off the grid. You, you know, you've been in London, you've you got your Derek Chisora's having fights, you've got your, your, your gym, you've got this, that, you've got your family, all these different bits and pieces keeping you busy. When you can't learn something new when you've got so much stuff going on, we need to take you away. And I said, where are we going to go? He went, don't worry about that. I'll, I'll, I'll sort it out. So he took me to an island. Yeah, got to fly to the Philippines. I mean, first you got to go to Turkey, change in Turkey, go to the Philippines, then go from so from Manila. From Manila, you need to get another flight to another island called El Nido, and from El Nido, you need to take a a, a boat from there for another oh forty God. minutes to a little island. It's honestly, you know, when we land on island, you had to take a, a uh, you had to take a, a car ride. Little, little jeep ride through this little shanty town to get to a port and from the port you need to get a boat but when you got oh to Kauai Island when you got to Kauai Island it, it was there's no phone signal there's no distractions it was just beautiful all we did is just zoned into the there was nothing else to do other than play poker and just be in a beautiful environment and we just nailed it non-stop non-stop poker 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 for days it was it was absolutely amazing I finally grasped it i went straight from there to the world um to the asian poker tour all the best poker players from all over asia 
or they're the Chinese, Japanese, some of the best players in the world, you know, and I, and I cashed, I won some dough. And, and it's because the teaching of Audley Harrison, I'm quite a good student if the teacher knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he brought the best out of me, you know, and he only he was only with me for literally a matter of days. And he took me from like, not knowing what the hell I was doing to winning big money in big, big tournaments. Had you ever had a real interest in poker before? Because you know, it no, gets no, easier. No. When you actually no, like something? No, I'm not a card. I'm not a card game guy. I don't play cards. It's not my thing. I remember playing Snap when I was a little kid, and that was it. I never, never, never played poker. I've watched um, a Maverick. I remember watching Maverick, and you've seen these poker, these uh, movies where they where they have poker played in it. But Ocean's Eleven. I remember watching that little poker game in the beginning, Clooney and Brad. Pitt. But I don't. I didn't know what they were doing. Then I. Then when I found out about it, I really took it. To, really took it took it in and I love, I love poker now. I love tournament style poker where you, where everyone has the same amount of chips, same amount of money, everyone has the same buy-in. So no one's just because one person's got a billion and the other person's got 10 grand, it doesn't make any difference. They're still playing the same. It's all about the skill. And that's what I liked about it. There's a level playing field and um, you just got to go out there and just, you got you know, like 10,000 people entered this, this tournament in Coventry called Goliath. Um, and, uh, you know, Grove the Casino, really really gave me all the possible uh, infrastructure to give to get poker into my brain and i can't get it out i dream about poker now <laughs> which which was mentally harder to you know uh train for would, would you say poker or boxing poker without a doubt boxing uh, came natural to me after i was probably 15 years old, it was very natural to me. You know, I could do anything I wanted to do. I could, you know, I had that knockout punch. So when it, when things were getting a bit rough, I could always pull it out. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work in poker. I tried to sort of half intimidate people across the table and it didn't work. You know, I tried all the, the boxing antics. It doesn't work. So I had to learn a whole new way. And to learn poker, you need to, you need to, get, you, you need to get your ass kicked plenty. So I was going playing as many tournaments all, all over the world as possible. And, uh, it was it was tough, but once I got it, once I went to the Philippines, it's like all of a sudden I remember I remember walking into this tournament again. I'm going to cash in this tournament. And the, the chance of me cashing with the, the limited experience I've got is like zero point whatever. But I I did it, you know. And then I kept winning. And next thing you know, things things started to materialize. I started getting a bit of an aura around me. And when I was sitting at the tables. I could control the tables. I could control the tables. I was confidence now. Confidence. And it wasn't false confidence. It was real confidence. You know, I went into a tournament early doors when I first thought I knew what I was doing. And, you know, I didn't last. You know, in an all-day tournament, I was out in 10 minutes. You know, a few hands, I was out. And um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great game. And um, it's, it's fun. I, I enjoy, I've enjoyed it. So we know how they differ, but... In what ways are poker and boxing alike? Like it's the, men, it's, the, it's, the men, it's the it's the mental endurance. That's the bit I like. You know, if you're going to go deep into a tournament, you're there for days. You know, you're there for you know twelve hours a day, you know, day in day out, and you need you. All it takes is one lapse of concentration, one calling someone's all in, and you're out just like that. Just one not concentrating on what someone hand, what someone did when they were on the big blind before, and the way they play and how many chips they've got, how many chips you've got, where you're sitting. There's a million different things to process. Yeah. And if your mind wanders off and you start thinking about something or you're looking in your phone or something, 
you're 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 missing valuable information that's happening and you tend to do that when you're mentally not focused and mentally not don't have the mental endurance so I needed to build my mental endurance and to do that you need to eat healthy you need to make sure you're getting your sleep you need to make sure you're physically fit so I'm, I remember sitting around a table and when I see someone yawning or getting tired or like back taking I'm like ah he's feeling the pace I know I can, I can see the people and you've learned that because you you saw a doctor yeah you saw a memory coach you you even saw an acting coach like you were able to kind of especially through the acting like able to know like okay when they're doing this or when they're doing that um you can kind of read through the cards per se exactly so the cards are only so only so important you then need to, you're playing the people you you play the person you play the cards there's so many different different ways you can go about it but to look to look in someone's eyes and to kind of soul read their soul it takes out i'm i'm not there yet i'm i'm getting there slowly slowly but the more you play the better you get and when it when you have these all-in situations and you believe you've you, you've got someone beaten so but surely you end up winning more and more of these all-in situations and that's what i found i found the more i concentrated the more i was winning the pots and it was just a, it was a simple matter of how much can you mentally hold it together when you're tired when you're when you're hungry when you need to go to the toilet, you can't get up to you. You want to go to the toilet, and you think, okay, ignore that. Let me just focus on this. And you know, you got forty-five minutes before the next break. You like, you no. Know, then sometimes I remember I got up at one stage in a tournament where every my my brain just went. So I was like, okay, up you get, just get away. Let's not make any decision. Miss a miss a few hands. Go outside, get yourself together, and come back. And I had a little pep talk with Audley at that time because he flew over to Goliath, the big tournament in Coventry. Um, to, to give me support and it's amazing how you how although poker is an individual thing you definitely need like a mentor or you need someone who really knows what he's doing to you know because even during the game I'll be after each game I'll message him and tell him what happened in the scenario in a situation and he'll go oh that was good play on well you got away with it this time but you know the odds say that was the wrong thing to do so next time maybe play the odds so you know just yeah. having someone an, an objective guy who knows the sport inside the sport i say the game inside out and um it, it definitely it's definitely useful tell us something that didn't air uh well, in the what, did, what didn't air was when i was in the world series of poker um the, all the cameras were rolling and I, I i didn't cash i got i got knocked out of the world series tournament and I was really frustrated. Audley was there as well. You see that on the dock. I'm like, I want to go back. And he said, don't, don't go back. Come back tomorrow. But the cameras weren't rolling tomorrow. The cameras were only rolling that day. So yeah. I was like, I'm like, the cameras are rolling. I was like, I want to go and do it now. I know I can, I know I can cash in this tournament. No, don't worry. Walk away. Come back tomorrow. And I'm like, but they're not going to film it tomorrow. Went, it doesn't matter. It's not about filming anything. It's about you learning. If you go back today, you're going to lose anyway. Take your time. No one's going to be filming tomorrow. Just go back and go back and do it. And that's exactly what I did. I went back with the mindset and I cashed. I think I came 28th um, in that tournament. So I was like, all right. And I, and I, and I cashed. And I've got, I've got that on my, I've got that footage, but it wasn't used in the documentaries. I wish it was because every, every tournament Audley took me to, I cashed. And that for someone who's a complete novice, I went to World Series of Poker and cashed, Asian Poker Tour and cashed, and Coventry Goliath and cashed. Two of the big, three of the biggest tournaments in the world. And I, and, I, and, I, and I cashed, I won money in every single one of them when I, I came to like 0.1% of the field. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's, uh, 
that's not bad. That's not bad, you know. So I tell Aldi's gonna Aldi. I think Aldi's gonna be a, a pro poker coach after this. Once people realise how good he is after this, that's all he's, he's gonna be a poker coach now. But he also might have understood how to sort of take that concentration, that attention you normally give to like a, a combat sport. Yeah. And yeah, tune yeah, yeah. in mentally into this, you know, and it takes one to know one. Yeah, without a doubt. The fact, you know, he's won, he's won an Olympic gold medal. He's the British Commonwealth European heavyweight champion. He missed out on the heavyweight title because he fought me. And, um, <laughs> but he's achieved everything he's ever, he's ever wanted in the boxing ring, you know, other than becoming heavyweight champion of the world. Um, no mean feat. And um, he understands the mindset of an athlete, of a fighter. And um, that's definitely an advantage of him being so good yeah. at poker. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I, can't, I can't wait till the casinos open so I can go back and play some more tournaments. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to know, right now, everyone's sort of picking and choosing who they would pick to be in their quarantine house. Could you give the five people that you would choose to quarantine with for God knows how long, there is no end date. It's not like Big Brother, you know it's going to stop shooting. Who would you pick and why? Hmm. They'd have to be boxing fans. They'd have to be boxing fans. No, they'd have to be boxers. Boxers. Oh, what boxers? You'd have to have uh, Tyson Fury in there for, for the pure banter. Um, Billy, Billy Joe Saunders as well for the for the controversy. <laughs> I like the controversy. So they them two. There. Um, who else are having there? Carl uh, Froch. Okay, you guys Carl can Frotch play poker good. together. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a good poker player, so we can we can play some poker. He's a good poker player. Another boxer. Who would it be? Quarantine. Does that, does that have to be a current active boxer or? No. Oh, okay, okay. Who's boxed a little bit? That's a really good question. Who? If someone, someone funny. Who's who's a who's a funny bo- Who's a funny boxer? Oh, you're looking for jokes all the way around, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking for I'm looking for pure jokes. All I want is comedy. All I want is uh, who's good? Who's who's, who's funny? Who's a funny for Carl Frosch is hilarious. Um, come on, let me go through the weights. Heavyweights. He's a funny heavyweight. I tell you what, I'd chuck in there. I'd chuck in the. I, I, just for my entertainment, I put Anthony Joshua in there as well, just because him and him and him and Fury with a banter would be would be, would be the best would be the best ever. So you got Tyson Fury, AJ, Billy, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, Carl Froch. Who's the, who's, the, who's the fifth? Who's the fifth box I put in there? Who's in? It's got to be in it. It's got to be Nassim Hamid, Prince Nassim Hamid. Okay. It's so good, <laughs> Prince Nassim Hamid. You got to put Prince in there to. To mix, to mix it up, to mix it up for sure. So that's an entertaining, that's an entertaining crew right there. Come on. That is, that is. I know. I find that everyone's reasoning for throwing people in is quite hilarious, actually. <laughs> I mean, people are like, "Oh, I need this and I need that." And I'm like, "Yeah, but a little bit too much of that, you're gonna get annoyed." <laughs> there is no. I'd, there is no I'd, put, I'd, I'd put Naz in there. I put Naz in there because he'd have the biggest ego out of everybody, and he'd be the smallest guy. And he's like, okay, how's that going? I'd love to see the giants with him, and you know. But he, pound for pound, he's probably got the the best punch power out of, out of, all, out of, all, of all of us, probably. Nassim, okay. the Prince Nassim Hamid. So, yeah. That would be a hell of a house. That would have to be like a dynamic household. I tell you that. <laughs> who'd be, who'd be washing up? Who'd be washing the dishes? As I want to know. 
seeing any of you guys. <laughs> That's a lot of egos in one building. Oh, Lord. Can you imagine? Yeah, you guys would want to kill each other in the very end. You know, speaking of um, Carl Frotch, he mentioned that he would think of or consider coming out of retirement to fight Joe Calzahi. Is there a fight you'd consider coming out of retirement for? Mm. If you were guaranteed this particular fight, would you would you chance it? Would you do it? I don't know. No, I don't think so. No. No. It's, the only person, the only one I would generally do is the winner of AJ and Tyson Fury. Mm -hmm. Because that would just be the better, the number one, number one, and uh, that's probably the only one. That's the only one I. But I, I'm not really. I just, but it's a lot to go through. I'm kind of I got my I got my body in a nice place now. Um, I'm super healthy. All my injuries are healed up. There's been no hardcore training. It's yeah. just been like I've been at home doing my my body weight stuff. Yeah, normally when I, when you're training for a fight, you've got to really put your body through. If you want if you want to knock out the big guys or have a chance of winning against the giants, you've got to, you've got to really sacrifice and put your yeah. body through. And um, I wouldn't um, you know I've, I've I've enjoyed this time where the intensity has been taken from like a 10 to like a three. You know, everyone thinks I train super, super hard. Not really, I don't. I just, I probably train between probably half an hour to 45 minutes every day. But I do a good, I do a nice, a nice routine. I've got my little setup. I change it every day. But Cassius does it with me as well. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not training for athletic performance right now. I'm training for vanity. I'm training for aesthetics. I, I, I want to look like I'm prime. I don't care whether I can knock out whoever it is, you know, but it like, I know I'm like, whenever I'm sitting ringside watching these guys, I always go, if I was me, 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 the real, the real me, I'd slip that jab. I'd, I'd do this, I'd do that. But that's a, that's the slippery slope when your brain starts going like that. But, for, but, for, but fortunately, I remember watching, I remember watching, um, Andy Joshua when he fought um, uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. And I remember thinking, damn, that would be very, very difficult to beat. Very, very difficult to beat. I remember thinking, that, that was like, you know, even on my best day, that's like, uh, that version of him where he's boxed, he's light on his feet and he's ready and he's kind of fearful as well. I was like, that's, I remember thinking, that's, that's hard to beat. And then I thought exactly the same thing when I saw um, Tyson Fury beat Wilder. I'm watching that. I'm like, that's a, that that guy. That guy is a hard guy to beat. So it's like that's that. They're the two times I've seen. They're the two performances in the last since I've retired that I've actually watched and gone, Oof, that's, that's that's gonna be hard. That'd have been hard work. No matter what version of me it was. That's like. Them guys, that's and they're big and they're strong and they're in their prime and they're like this. I'm like, those guys, those that version of AJ, that version of Tyson Fury, for any heavyweight in history, would have been a hard, hard night. And it's nice to see the sport evolving. The big guys are athletic, they're in shape, they're watching the nutrition, they're coming back, they're throwing plenty of punches, they're not, they're all in good physical health. It's nice to see boxing evolving. It really is nice to see this, the new generation really, really setting the bar that's why i've got to get them both but that's why we got aj we got to get aj and fury in there to mix it up at something to 2021 we need to see that's the one we all we have to see it yeah. the, for the sport for the, for the future of the sport we have to get them in there 
Wilder has been under some criticism, as you know, for the comments he's made. Um, it doesn't matter, and I know you can relate to this, it doesn't matter how valid you believe the uh, reasoning to be as to why you felt you lost. Anytime you give a reason publicly, it kind of gets held against you, doesn't it? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, till this day, people will still bring up the fact that you brought, you mentioned that you injured your toe. You know that that affected your performance. You know that. But nonetheless, people don't really like to hear it, do they? They like to just no, say... No, nobody wants to hear a reason other than the other guy was better than you that night. And that's it. Shut up and come back in the ring and show me what you got next time. That's that's how boxing works, and you know Deontay Wilder. If he's to make it in the third fight with Tyson Fury, and he knocks, and let's say he knocks out Tyson Fury in six rounds, that's it. He'll, he'll move on. He'll carry on. Then that's that. That's how that's how it works. You know. So it's it's down to your the performance after. It's down to your performance after. And if there's if there's ever a fighter out there, I'd definitely say whatever the reason. Just give it to yourself. You know what the reason is. They might or might not know. That's it. Keep it to yourself. You learn, over in our lives, we have experiences and we learn from them and we take from one experience, good and bad, things into the next, the next phase of your career. So that's it. It's about evolving. You know, I guarantee whatever happens in Deontay's uh, uh, next fight, win, lose or draw, he's, whatever, whatever happened, he's, he's keeping to himself and he's just focusing on, on winning that fight. Mm -hmm. eventually hopefully by 2021 no later than 2022 we should have one reigning heavyweight world champion Billy gets stripped of two of his belts for not defending <laughs> against the mandatory damn politics yeah <laughs> goddamn politics yeah, yeah but as long as, as long as we have one person wins that fight they can strip all the belts off him we have one champion numero yeah. uno and that's it we have the number one who reigns for you? Who in the end reigns for you? It's, it's, uh, currently, it's either AJ or Tyson Fury as of today. As of today. But, you know, after the... Uh, the you have to break it down, David. You have to break it down according to their last fights. Who, if you had to put them two together, who wins in the end? I don't know. I know you're, really, you're clucking for this headline. For <laughs> one here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I generally, I've said it. Everyone's asked me. That's the question I get asked every single day. And I can generally, and it's not a bullshit answer. I can see it going both ways. I can see AJ's crispness and his athleticism and his dedication for his life and the fact that he hasn't gone off the ball and hasn't blown up to 30 stone and hasn't had substance abuse issues and mental issues and this issue and that. The fact that he hasn't had that, I see that potentially being a reason in a 50-50 fight that he comes out on top. And vice versa, I see the fact that Tyson Fury has been boxing significantly longer than Anthony Joshua. The fact that he's fought up until now the better opposition in terms of Deontay, uh, Deontay Wilder. He's, he's better than anyone that uh, AJ's fought. The fact that he's been there, the fact that he's never been knocked out before. He's never lost a fight. I think in a 50-50 fight, that might go. And so it just depends on the day who's game plan who rises to the occasion who is more fearful who is more you know brave who's willing to get up when it all seems finished tyson fury has shown he's can do that before aj hasn't yet 
just because he hasn't shown us it yet doesn't mean it's not there. You know, he just had a horrendous night in, in, in New York. It happens. It happens to the best of us. You know, Lennox Lewis, one of the greatest heavyweights in the history of boxing, he had a couple of crap nights. So well, right, well, he's still one of the greatest. It is what it is. And um, everybody is entitled to a bad night at the office. And Tyson Fury, to this day, has never had a bad night at the office. The worst night at the office so far is a draw against Deontay Wilder, which he reversed in terms of the, the result next time round and won it by about as clear a margin as a boxer can win a fight. Lastly, I am curious. That's a, long, that's a very long way to not answer your question. You know, like, <laughs> that's the longest answer not to answer. Oh, gosh, I should be a politician, shouldn't I? I was, I'm actually proud of myself for that answer. I do a pat on the back for that one. I was like, all right, he's going to dance around this one. That's okay. That's all right. You let me go. You let me do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, lastly, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on Dillian White really not getting a shot at the WBC title. We now know it's just got – I mean, obviously, given the circumstances, now it got pushed even further. But uh, he it just – Was it 2022 he's got – Was it 2022? <laughs> It's looking like 2022 now. It's supposed to be 2021. He was supposed how, how, how old is he? He's like early 30s, right? Was he yeah. 31, 32? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not fair. It's not uh, genuinely. But then again, is life fair? Well, you know a thing or two about boxing politics. I mean... Maybe sometimes you can be too good for your own good. It's a thing where... Certain fighters get avoided, not because they're no good, just because they're too much of a threat and a champion may want to fight another voluntary opposed to you. I remember Wink, Ronald Winky Wright. You know, he got, he got heavily avoided for years and years and years. Same, so did Marvin Hagler. He was avoided for forever. Lennox Lewis was avoided by Riddick Bowe. He was avoided by so many fighters. I think it's a, I think it's a stripe that, I think it's like a, he should take it as a compliment that he's the fighter out there. He's got one blemish on his career. He's had an amazing run of victories. And not just boring victories. I'm talking good, you know, entertaining fights. You know, he's, you know fights. Uh, even this fight with uh, uh, Derek Chisora, it's it was a fight. He was losing, but he showed what champions do. He found a way to win. You know, 11th round, he found that Hail Mary one left hook. And... That he's done everything asked of him, and he's a, he's a, he's a, he'd be a good champion because you know he's willing to fight the best. The fact is, he accepted to fight um, Alexander Povetkin shows he's he could have chosen an easier fighter, but he's always looking to fight the best possible opposition all the time. And that's that's actually rare in boxing. It's very very rare in today's game to have a fighter so willing to 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 mix it up with anybody. And um, I think he deserves his shot. But unfortunately, it just doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. We've got the rematch with um, uh, Wilder Fury. So where does that leave him? You know, when does that fight get scheduled? You know, if we feel like we're a little way away from having 15,000 people in a venue in Las Vegas. feels like... No, we also know that Eddie Hearn seems to have the agenda of no matter what happens, it doesn't matter if he's entitled to, as a mandatory, to the winner of that fight. Um, it looks like Eddie Hearn's trying to go in the direction of making the winner versus Anthony Joshua. So it's a bit tricky. <laughs> tricky, she says. 
It is. It's like because because what's the bad thing about it is, unfortunately, Dylan White won't get much. You know, there won't be no too many violins because people just want to see the two champions fight. They don't want him to get in the way of it because he might get in the way and upset the apple cart, and then it just changes. We've seen that happen. We've seen that happen. I've seen it happen many, many times. And, you know, I know Eddie Hearn, when it, when it comes to sliding in, you know, the, the, the fight that Eddie Hearn, the fight that, you know, Frank Warren won is the biggest possible fight in the history of boxing. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, Anthony Joshua and um, Tyson Fury. That's the fight we all want. Are they going to risk a dangerous fight, a mandatory challenger against... You know, Dylan White, who's shown everything needed to show to say he even cause an upset. If you thought, if you saw the way Andy Ruiz Jr. caused an upset, Dylan White can definitely cause an upset when he's in shape, when he's motivated. He can be a big problem. He's also, he's, 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 a, he's actually training. You know, Ruben Tabares is, is his strength and conditioning coach as well. So he's, he's taking his, he's taking his, everything 100% seriously now. So if you know, Ruben was in my corner when I won the heavyweight title. So he's got all the bits in place to take him to that next level, he just needs the opportunity. And I just don't think people are going to care that he gets put to the side. I care, because I'm a yeah, You care, you care, because you, but as much as you care, you ain't going to lose any sleep seeing AJ and uh, Tyson Fury fight. It's like, oh, that's really bad for him. But I need to get my ringside seat for this one. This is going to be the game. And that's, that's, that's the horrible thing. Now he's going to be telling everybody, I deserve my shot. And people who know about boxing are like, we agree. It's terrible. It's disgusting. You deserve your shot. But I'm happy it's actually happening. And it's just like a... And I, I genuinely really do feel, really do feel for, for, for Dylan because he, he, he deserves it. He's, he knows, he's a great ambassador for the sport. He's great entertainer. Even, even his interviews, his interviews are great. He's hilarious. He's, he's a funny guy. He's entertaining. He gets you hyped. He, he, the smack talks on point. He's a, he's a good guy for boxing. He's a great character that boxing needs. I just, I really want him to get his shot. I really do want him to get his shot. I mean, worst case scenario, he takes a step aside fee, makes money for not fighting anyone, and he's um, he gets the shot out. He's not a step aside kind of guy. Just I like, know he's like, not, but... Do you really think uh, Dylan White's going to say, give me money? It's not about the money. It's about no, the glory. So about to got money. What's money going to do? We're going to go and spend it now. We're going to go. <laughs> Can't leave your house. What's he going to do with money at the moment? What's, no, I get gonna... it. I get it. But worst case, what I mean is, you'll get if, if he can get a guarantee at the winner of that fight. And I I'm not sure that you get step aside money if you're having a unification fight, even if you're the mandatory. I think a unification fight supersedes the mandatory position. That's what I always led, was led to believe. And he might just get, he might, then they might give him like a, a, a super duper WBC title. You know, when you got, you've got the silver one at the moment, yeah. might make it the gold one or the platinum one and say, yeah, this is like the next, uh, I don't know. This, too, I, much I, mouth, I, David. too many mouths to go around. <laughs> it gets to a point where there are so many belts, it just becomes who's number one. It can be only number one. We always knew. Uh, Usain Bolt was number one because he won everything. You know, can you imagine if there was another, there was a bunch of other belts, other other titles out there that he didn't win, and other someone else was claiming to be the fastest. 
you need, you got that time. You can't be boxing doesn't have that. It's down to opinions, and when there are opinions, opinions can be influenced. Opinions can be argued. You know, they can be manipulated, and I'm, I'm, that's what makes boxing a bit frustrating. And it was, and it's what makes it also great as well. So because it's unfair, and I don't know. It's I love boxing, but the politics does do do my head in sometimes. It's quite frustrating when you get fighters. You know. For you, sometimes to get to that number one position, you need to take, you need to risk losing financially. You know, you, there could be more lucrative fights out there, but maybe you have to take a, a fight for less money than you would do defending a title to have a unification title. And you know, your managers, your agents, your team are getting a less of a cut, so they'll be advising you to go down the route where you make more money because they make more money. But sometimes it takes a fight to go, no, I've made enough money. I want the glory. And, and, you got to, and everyone's got to take a pay cut to take a more dangerous fight, which you might lose. It's a, ton, a coin toss. And um, some managers have got such a hold. Some managers and promoters have such a hold over their fighter that even if the fighter want to do that contractually, they're not allowed. They have to do what they're told. I'm not going to mention any names. But it's uh, <laughs> who can't make the decision, even, even if they really, really want to, contractually, they have to take the fight that their promoter decides or their manager decides. And, you know, it's, it's a bit frustrating for us. But one thing you got to know, Mike Tyson fought Lennox Lewis. You know, Manny Pacquiao fought Floyd Mayweather. Fights that took years and years to happen. Eventually, the fights that matter always happen. We never got the Junior Witter and Ricky Hatton fight, and that was a bit frustrating. But um, other than that, I got over that now. I got over that now. Right, but again, we never got we never got to see Joe Calzaghe and Carl Froch. No, we didn't. That would have been a great. Would have been an absolute barnstorm. It wouldn't have took a backward step. Neither of them. It'd have been a great fight. You know, Joe Calzaghe's never lost a fight. Yeah, so um, that would have been that would have been good. Oh, what my, uh, what's the age difference in there? What's the age difference? Um, I believe. Isn't uh, Joe 48 right now? I think he's 48. So, and what, Carl's 41? Mm, I think he's about 41 or 42. 41, 42, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit of a difference. There was a whole generation difference there, you know, because Joe, Joe came through when he was younger and Frotch came through a bit when he was a bit later. So there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a difference there. All these, all these, uh, you could play it on, they should play it on a computer game. They should fight each other. On fight night champions or something with their characters, but I won't want to. Neither of them, neither of you guys, need to fight anymore. They can just uh, relax and sail off, sail off into the sunset at home in their bathtub. You know, you're not doing outside of the road. Carl also had a lot to say in terms of like he believes he can beat all of the super middleweights currently as well, even now. So I love Carl. <laughs> I love Carl. Great. Say it how it is, Carl. Keep it real, <laughs> son. Keep it real. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. I tell you what. It's just to me, Carl's, he keeps himself in good shape. He's a healthy guy. So he's, if any, he, there are certain fighters that can come back after long periods and, and still have it. He's definitely going to be one of the, I always thought um, Chris Eubank as well. He could probably come back and beat most of the super middleweights. Serious. Right today. Who else? What other fighters? Wasn't there talk of him coming back anyways? Yeah. Yeah. I think they were talking about a possible Nigel Ben fight. Um, but the thing is, it's to get through training camp. When they're in the ring, they're gonna they can fight for twelve rounds. It's getting through the training camp, sparring the younger guys, doing the running, 
you know, to hit the pads, the bags, the conditioning, the weight training. The body is just, you know, it just takes, so it took its toll on my body really, really heavily. And it, it's taken a, taken probably a year for it to just to simmer down and a year and a half to really get back to how I, I used to feel, you know, before I started smashing my body to bits, fighting these goddamn giants. <laughs> Well, you know what? Uh, congratulations on David versus Goliath. As you guys know, you can watch on Amazon right now. Go and watch it on Amazon. It's great. 